Welcome back, everybody. It's been a while. I don't know what episode we're on, but it's definitely going to be one of the bigger ones because we've gathered. We were planning to gather today uh, anyway, but uh, the, the big news broke. Uh, the sort of the storm clouds, you know, finally reached or broke, or lightning finally came out. Whatever the metaphor you want to use, the big thing that we were all expecting to happen happened uh, last night, and so today uh, is a is a, is a good enough time. Is a, is the ideal time to discuss what exactly happened, why it happened, the reactions uh, of Russia, whether it was a good thing, whether it was a bad thing, whether it was unexpected, who said what, it's, let's do it, let's give it some, let's give it the time and attention it deserves, let's talk about the Russian withdrawal from Kherson, uh, let's get into the details of it, uh, let's talk about all of our conspiracy theories, I really want it to be this like big comprehensive overview episode, so let's start with the fact that uh, for about a month now, it's a, it's a very similar situation to Kharkov, maybe not military, and not in terms of like the withdrawal and uh, you know the what actually happened on the ground, but in terms of like analysis, you had about a month uh, people talking about what would happen about a month ahead of time, and yet people still being surprised by what happened, even though uh, the facts on the ground and the logic was very simple, and yet again people are floored by this. Uh, I think this time around, though, what's interesting is that a lot of the people that we like to lash out at so much, the people that we like to uh, make fun of for their poor analysis and their their uh, bizarre propaganda narrative-based uh, reporting on events, they were very oddly silent about this. Uh, so unlike last time, uh, they didn't tell people that here are these uh, NATO trolls who are trying to spread disinfo and demoralization and it's never going to happen. Uh, this time around, it seems like they wisened up and they realized that they, they ended up with an egg on their face last time. And uh, now they didn't, th there was no like, uh, going into the, the withdrawal of, the, of her son, there wasn't like this big debate. Let's just put it this way. It wasn't as big. Uh, so most people uh, just ignored the possibility. And as usual, we were trying to sound the alarm on that and trying to say like, ah, yeah, guys, it's it doesn't look good. Uh, here's probably what's going to happen. Now, uh, that's my sort of ad lib overview of the situation. Let's get into the details of it. We had uh, Shoigu meeting with General Sarvikin, and they basically said, here is the hard decision that has to be made that they had been hinting at for about a month now. Let's, uh, we got to have to pull back. We're going to have to go back to the, to behind the river. And we're going to have to abandon uh, our positions here. Now, uh, I'd want to throw this uh, over to Riley, uh, not to Riley, sorry, to Marco and ask him, uh, is this really like that big of a deal in terms of military uh, deployments and like the, the military situation? Because to, from, from where I'm standing, it kind of makes sense to withdraw to the river. It, it, it seems like, you know, why not do that? It's a more defensible position. You're not going to get. You're not always facing the threat of encirclement. It's easier to resupply. You don't have to ferry things over. The bridges have been blown. From just a pure military point of view, we'll get into the PR. We'll get into the political fallout. We'll get into the all that other stuff as we go on. But just from a pure military standpoint, is this? I mean, this isn't really that big of a deal, is it? It's not like a catastrophic defeat. It's. Uh, it's just a. You know, it seems to me like a sound military decision to make a withdrawal to a, to a better defensible position. Just from that point of view, what, what do you think about that position? Uh, yeah, I, I, I saw what you wrote on it and it was like mostly positive. And I, I think this is a situation where, it, you know, yeah, there's a little bit of positive, but 
but largely it's negative actually because uh as you say you know like in the very immediate yeah this makes like pragmatic sense you know like if you're like in a bad situation you know tactically somewhere because of you know like geography and whatever why not extricate yourself from that but i mean this was a bridgehead against a giant river you know and if you're falling back behind the river well that means that you're admitting that you have like no no intention you know of 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 going of, of you know crossing that river maybe ever again you know like i mean this you know if it ever happened this was going to be the springboard you know onward to to nikolaev to odessa and that springboard doesn't exist anymore you know and if you think that it's you know very difficult to you know maintain a bridgehead you know across that river yeah it is but you know try creating one you know that is way even way more difficult you know so 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 you know and and if russia doesn't take odessa you know then um what can you come up with that can be that can be construed as, as as Russia having won this war? You know, like it's very difficult to think of anything, uh, you know, that Russia can can do, you know, without Odessa, and then say, hey, look, we won this war. You know, it would probably take, uh, you know, take having to take the entire left bank. You know, like, but anything short of that, you know, cannot be considered a victory. You know, if, if Odessa is not included, so. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, it, it's a positive in the sense of like, hey, you know, like we were, you know, like we were, we were like in a very bad situation here, you know, like the enemy had more shells than we did, you know, like it was very difficult, you know, but but some other force might have, you know, might have, you know, accepted, you know, tremendous loss, you know, to keep this until spring, because maybe in the spring they were planning, you know, something big, you know, to, to use it as a big springboard, you know, and that very obviously isn't the case here. So, but could they have you know, kept it, Marco, when they're so undermanned uh, and uh, overwhelmed? I mean, the, the the calculus of this hasn't really changed that much. We only have eighty thousand new mobilized people uh, having been deployed, and it's a huge front stretched out pretty far. And we know that the Ukrainians have more men, even after the mobilization uh, is concluded from the Russian side. Ukraine still will have more men, and they could always just to you know bring up even more so it's like are we can we, are we may, uh, the way i see it is that it's just the russians starting to face reality and not bending the military not bending to insane political uh demands from from the the politician class because it's like what do you expect going on an offensive when we're outnumbered like three to one uh yeah we're going to be a defensive army we're going to take up defensive positions now thank you for the mobilization thank you for the reinforcements but that's just to plug up the gaps at this point we can't we can't we can't go on an offensive i mean i mean at this point this whole idea of yeah well now we can't go on the offensive it's like bro is this like hitler uh commanding phantom divisions as berlin is being surrounded it's uh it's it's like what are you talking about you are on the defensive now you have to think defensively and the fact that they are thinking defensively and and, and responding to what seems to be like the Sorova, uh, the raw reality of the situation, I think is is is, is definitely a positive. Because I and here's a, I want to throw this over to Riley actually. Uh, Riley was t telling me about this interesting article he came across um, by the Katusha people, probably by Tsiganov himself, and there are others who are saying the same thing uh, that this is like another example of political treachery uh, on the part of Putin do you want to like jump in with that like what 
you know what I'm talking about. Like, what, what do you make of that thesis? Does it make sense to you? Um, and also, the, I've never actually heard uh, the Katusha people say this. Like, these are the patriotic sort of, we need to do things better people. Uh, they also hinted at the fact that, that this um, deputy head could have been assassinated by um, the FSB. Uh, what do you make of all that, Riley? Like what someone in, in the comment section of my blog actually said, it was obviously the, the, the FSB that killed uh, Stremusov, uh, the deputy head uh, of Kherson region. I don't know. Did, did, well, tell, well, let's, look, I mean, let's hear it. I'm not, I'm not really, I'm not qualified to judge the purely military merits of whether it was the right choice to stay or to go. It sounded like they had very serious problems with supplying um, their little outpost over there on the other side of the river. And Mark Marco wrote a great piece on it, explaining why that was, you know, the, the way that even without destroying bridges across the river, they were, the Ukrainians were still able to, you know, create some problems there. I would say, though, there's no doubt that this can't be this can't be a good look for Russia, especially because Russia rushed the referendums as a way to show that there wouldn't be another Kharkiv, right? That, that, and I even saw these, you know, uh, there are these billboards all around Kherson where they're saying, you know, uh, Kherson is, is, will always be Russia and like Russia and Kherson forever and, and all, the, all these sort of slogans. And within when were those referendums? And I, I don't even remember now. September, right? Like late September. And so it's like, what what happened here, guys? And it just you have to think on the terms of where where were we three months ago? Like, what were we? What was what were the expectations three months ago? What were the expectations five months ago? What were the expectations on February twenty fourth when this all kicked off? And it. It doesn't. The trend here seems to be Russia is going into turtle mode. It's turtling. It's trying to protect the little territory that it has. It still hasn't cleared out Donbass yet, which is incomprehensible to me, especially because apparently that's now the top priority is the protection of the people of Donbass, which still hasn't been accomplished. So one has to wonder again, what is the actual what is the actual long game? And I just wanted to point this out. I saw this this morning, and it was mentioned in that um, Katusha article about um, the Russian foreign ministry spokeswoman, uh, Zakharova. And she came out and said, we are still open to negotiations. We have never abandoned them. We are ready to conduct them, of course, taking into account the realities that are developing at the moment. I mean, that doesn't sound super great. If you are sort of a very hardcore Team Z type who thinks who was expecting to storm Kiev eight months ago, and again, it's not. I just, I, I just feel as someone who is not a total amateur when it comes to military analysis and doesn't pretend to have any deep insight into the conflict, it bothers me that it always feels like we the the default position in order to be you know like a, a good anti-globalist is like no this is just a this is just a small setback and and russia is really preparing for the final push and and this narrative has been going on for months and 
as far as I can tell, Russia is is pull, pulling back. It's I don't know if it's even accomplished a single one of its objectives, stated objectives. It's it's flailing about saying these bizarre things. On one day it's ready to negotiate, on the other day it has to desatanize Ukraine. It's just a mess as far as I'm concerned. And I just I continue to not understand what the actual end goal here is. And just very briefly on the uh what was it's the the deputy head right what what was his name uh i'm i'm drawing a blank now um Stremuso. yeah who died in this bizarre alleged car accident on the same day that the russian military announces its withdrawal and look i don't know that much about this guy my understanding though is that he was an outspoken critic of a lot of covid tyranny that he was you know he was one of our guys right he was a he was a bro and i just whether it was the fsb or the sbu or weird space lizards from another planet we'll probably never know but frankly it wouldn't surprise me in the least if it were the fsb and it is quite telling that katusha a site that's extremely patriotic pro-putin is is stating plainly that, i mean they say we don't want to we don't want to, you know, dabble in conspiracy theories, but they say, look, I mean, the FSB, they're a suspect here. And I totally agree with that. Yeah, but I don't understand what they get out of it. Like, what is it to stop him from talking? We don't know the circumstances, but this guy, from the little that we might know, he seemed like someone who might have been too much of a straight shooter, you know, someone who was maybe he would have. Well, the motive, the, the motive, yeah, exactly. The motive would have been that he, he, he wasn't going to go along with a program of trying to sell this retreat in the way that you know Prigozhin and Kadyrov are now selling, selling it. You know, as you know, this exactly group, and, where previously they had been using retreats, you know, to and to to, he, to try to score points. In Rolo, you know, Katushi even mentions this. They say, look, there's been this obvious narrative change where. You went from Kherson is Russia, you know, forever to we have to save, we have to think about the lives of soldiers and civilians. And so this is the prudent, pragmatic thing to do. And maybe it was, I don't know. But in order to, you know, maybe this guy didn't want, maybe this guy was like, no, this is bullshit. Like Harrison was supposed to be Russian and we should have defended the city. I mean, the, the, the civilians were evacuated. So why not? Why not try to put up some resistance? I mean, as Marco pointed know. out, I mean, I mean, withdrawing from the river. Okay, how do you get back? <laughs> how do you how do you return across the river now? And so it's it's uh, what what can one say? What can one say? Who who could have predicted this series of events? Maybe only Strelkov, who is now apparently in the. Well military operations zone. You know, they did try some of that. They did try defending it, you know, like, I mean, this is actually, you know, what what what, what helped cause the Kharkov disaster because they had moved so, many, so much stuff from Kharkov, you know, to, to, to Kherson. And this was pre-mobilization, you know, when there was there was this even less available force. But, 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 but yeah, I mean, I, I mean, Rolo has said, you know, like, hey, you know, this, this is politicians, you know, finally bending, you know, to, to military realities. But the thing is, um, 
you know that that actually hasn't been hasn't been you know such a huge problem when it comes to retreats. I mean, this is the only area where where you know Moscow has been you know has been pragmatic and you know has has allowed uh, and, and and you know and has given in to the military and that is in the area of withdrawals and retreats. You know, like they withdrew from Kiev. Yeah, you know, it it, it was you know the correct thing to do. They withdrew from Harkov. Yeah, it was the correct thing to do they were drawing for her stone but the thing is yeah like this is the thing the only time you know when 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 the political top you know like is 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 bowing down to battlefield realities is when it comes you know to the question of retreats but when it comes to the questions hey you know let's give the military something more you know so so that you know some of these of our objects objectives can start to be fulfilled you know that is that that is where you know that is where you know they are very very immovable right right okay uh i i mean there's a lot to talk about here so much i don't want to go i i i would still argue about the because i've i mean you if you read my blog i'm i'm always saying that i mean i even wrote a thing i was like i don't understand how the fsb could have allowed the assassination of, of attempted i mean it would have been the assassination of dugan right i mean the, the the only thing that saved him was the fact that he switched cars for some inexplicable reason right so it, basically what it was was that dugan was as good as dead and this is despite the fact um that he was living in the center of moscow you know deep in fsb territory so i was i mean like many i was saying well i mean it seems like they they didn't care or they allowed it to happen it's absurd that such a story so i'm definitely and and i think a lot of the stories involving the militia commanders in donetsk in the 2014-15 period and later uh some of those stories i think uh, make sense that like some of them may have been killed off by uh the russian side as well who, because they were in the way of some oligarch from moscow who was you know did, wanting to take over some valuable resources in donbass or something like that sure i just don't see the benefit yet we just don't have enough information about Strimusov to talk about that that's yeah, all i'll say about fair that enough. fair enough fair enough i, I mean if, if more information comes out i'm not ideologically against uh shitting on the fsb as i think you guys know uh just wanted to stress that point but uh in terms of uh, the, the military withdrawal and who is to blame whose decision it was uh so marco from what you're saying you agree with me that it was the military's decision and that the politicians acquiesced but it's because they're just in general against winning and they, they want to like lose this war deliberately or what what do you in general we're in agreement sort of right like about the at least the first part the the fact that it was a militarily sound decision. Well, 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 yeah, but you know, in the immediate context, you know, but there, but there were many things that were very unsound that, that you know that that led to this, you know, that created this this context. So you know, like you know, maybe you know, in November, this is something that you have to do, and and you know, it was already baked in, you know, a, a couple of months ago. But uh, they never should have been in that situation of a couple of months ago. You know, if 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 any of this was was done, you know, re remotely, properly. Right, but uh, like, wouldn't it wouldn't it make sense that the politicians are losing a lot of face right now? I mean, they're the ones who who's losing a lot of face over this. It's definitely the Kremlin, and it's definitely the, the Kremlin aligned people and stuff, right? 
it, it, and it, if anything, it strengthens the positions of sort of patriotic. Uh, minded people within Russia who have been talking about the fact that there's these traders within the elite class who are trying to appease uh, Ukraine and the West and who are doing everything in their power to uh, ruin Russia's position so that negotiations can come about on unfavorable terms, you know, stuff like that. Isn't this proof of what they're saying? Doesn't this make their position stronger? Doesn't the Kremlin lose face? So can we also agree that this is not a politically like correct decision? It was, you know, they were, it was just like they had no, I mean, yeah, can we not agree with that? And I, I think Vladimir Putin, you know, is losing tons of face, but it, it's like he seems to have developed a very thick skin, you know, against that. You know, he he doesn't seem to be particularly bothered. I mean, I mean, this puts him, you know, in a just a very very embarrassing light. You know, you know, it, it, you know, just before he was about to, uh, you know, decree mobilization, you know, he 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 was actually like. Uh, you know, totally dismissing, you know, Ukrainian offensive in Kherson. You know, he was like totally, you know, sort of denigrating it, you know, like 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 not taking, you know, publicly not taking it seriously, you know, saying, hey, you know, like, you know, like, I mean, you know, when I cite him, it sounds understated because, you know, that that that's the way he talks. But, you know, of course, we know what he meant, you know, like he was like, Hey, you know, like they started this offensive. <laughs> you know, let let's see how it's gonna go. <laughs> and like, we haven't even started anything yet. And yeah, you know, like, and, and now, you know, a month later, uh, you know, you, you you're just withdrawing. You know, you're just giving them that. You know, like 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 with even without even you know the maximum amount of fight that you could have given them. You know, no, it, it doesn't look good at all. You know, but so, but. You know, nothing has looked good. I, I mean, actually, you know, you know, like uh, just recently, I, I, I listened to an interview, you know, from a from a British biographer of Vladimir Putin, and and he said something that you know, in his F, if it, in his KGB profile, there was, uh, you know, one characteristics of, of of his that was stated was that he has a very low risk assessment, you know, and, and, and like and, and like that was highlighted, you know, as his major flaw, you know. So, uh, you know, what, what does it mean to have a low risk assessment? It means that, you know, you, you, you just do not see, you know, like you underestimate the likelihood, you know, like of very bad consequences or, or, or something that you're going to do. At, and actually for me, you know, that's kind of like, 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 like switched on a light. I was like, damn this sounds about right you know this would explain some things well uh, i mean i just yeah that is a fascinating point we should talk about that some more i'm just saying that my general thesis which which now everyone in the russian patriotic blogosphere is contradicting it, it makes sense to me you guys haven't said anything against it that like yeah this is a military necessity it, and it, it doesn't look good for putin it doesn't look good for the Kremlin. So if it happened, then it, then it obviously is, you know, someone, the, the, the politicians acquiescing to the real, the military reality of the situation and, and, and letting the generals do what needs to be done. So from that point of view, I, I don't see how I've like spun it to be positive or hopeful, like uh, unnecessarily so. I, it seems like the, what I'm saying is quite logical. But there are other people like Dugan. Uh, I don't know if you take him seriously, Marco, as an analyst, but he wrote this post on the eve of, it was yesterday, I believe. I actually translated it and I put it up, but it's behind a paywall. Um, and where he basically uh, says that if this happens, if we give up her son, 
it will be a, a treachery of the highest order and the Russian government will not survive. Um, what do you guys think, either Riley or Marco, uh, will the Russian government survive because of, uh, after the events of Kherson, uh, or is that just a hyperbole? Uh, I mean, I know what I think, but just it's, it's a fun prompt, you know, play with it. <laughs> Tell me what you think. Uh, no, of course they're gonna survive. But you know, you know, the thing is about Kherson is you know, it, it is you know, like you know, I I didn't read this piece of Dugin. You know, like it, it was paywalled on on your blog, and then I was trying to 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 find it on the other site, and I and I couldn't do it. And you know, like my, my you mean you're not a paid else. subscriber to my site, Marco? You haven't read my book? What is this treachery? Treachery. Yeah, uh, now we know indeed. the truth. Okay. Okay. I see how it is. Uh, <laughs> look, the thing is, you know, if you know, if, if this would have been the Soviets, you know, they wouldn't have said, okay, you know, in this context, you know, it makes sense to withdraw. They would have tried to, to change the context. They would have said, okay, you know, like we have mobilized three hundred thousand. They're going to be ready in a few months. When that happens, you know, we're going to mobilize, you know, another half a million, and and you know, then three months later, we're going to mobilize another half a million, and so on and so on, and until you know, we had the forces ready to go into Odessa. We're going to hold on to Kherson at all costs, you know, and and like you know, like maybe to Dugin, this this makes a lot more sense than say, hmm, you know what, you know, like the enemy has a little more shells than us right now, you know, so so you know, like like we're having to suffer casualties, you know, to to hold on to this area. Let's better go back behind the river, you know. Uh, right. Yeah, um, so yeah, I mean. I don't know if I have a whole. I, first of all, well, okay. The simple answer here is no. Obviously, this is not the end of Putin or his inner circle by any means. I think personally, I think they'll probably be with us for a long time. Uh, but it just again, it, it you just have to wonder though. What is again? Is this just so? Does this mean that? The current are we are we drawing battle lines now? Is are is this the new? Are, do do we expect large territories to switch hands at this point after this? Is this the best? Is this sort of did did the Kremlin decide? Okay, this is what we can actually control. This is what we can hold and keep. And what does that mean when you incorporate? I mean, frankly, let's be honest here, annex a territory and then within less than three months or whatever, you you abandon it and you, you order a forced evacuation. It just is not good. All right. I mean, I don't know how bad, like like the level of not good it is, but it can't be. It's it has to be demoralizing and i would say especially for those who really did believe in this so-called special military operation i mean if you were a true believer in this if you were really a hardcore team z guy that just can't feel good when you have this idea that you're trying to you know denazify ukraine or whatever you want to call it reincorporate Ukraine into you know uh, the get the regathering of the Russian lands or whatever you want to call it. This just can't feel that great, and I do wonder what the what the long term consequences will be. Remember, let's not forget that with Kharkiv, they were talking about you know this is just a temporary setback. It's 
what was that term they used, Marco? It was like they they were like operationally overextended. There was some stupid term that was used to pretend like this was just a temporary setback. And now, but now nobody even talks about it. There's not even a hint that you know this will this territory will be returned to Russia. So again, it's just what is the trend here, and and what are we looking at in the short to mid to long term? I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're absolutely right. I mean, uh, you know, Kherson, okay, withdrawal is correct decision, but it reveals that. In the spring, they have no ambitious plans. You know, they have no plans. You know, right now to do anything big in the spring because 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 they don't have the plans to create the forces for that. You know, and you know, so that's one thing. And then the other thing is, yeah, it is you know how it feels for people. And and you know, like this is very subjective, but but this is my impression. You know, is like Harkov made doomerism. You know, in this sort of you know alternative pro-Russian sphere whatever you know it made it mainstream you know like it made it mainstream you know so suddenly you know this was like an allowed position to have you know to you know to be a so-called doomer and now now it's like it's the default position you know like and, and it's not even you know like what was called doomerism i would call this gloomerism you know it's just gloom because you know like yeah people were being called doomers you know like like strelkov you know like like bad mounted and stuff you know but but you know, th these critics were always, you know, like writing in the sense of, look, we're doing this and this and this and this wrong. And if this changes, you know, like much more can be done than what is being done now. But I don't I don't get a sense of that now at all. Now it's just like, uh, you know, like people have very much adapted expectations, you know, to like, you know, to like, to you know have just minimized them you know like a lot of people at this point would have just been are just going to are, are just like hmm well you know like if, if russia holds on to what it has now i get you know like that that's maybe the most that can be hoped for well is it too much to hope for heads to roll you know for someone to be fired because you mentioned his profile that this british guy dug up uh, there's also interviews where Putin says that the number one quality to him is loyalty. And it seems like the people that surround Putin, the one quality that distinguishes them is that they're loyal to Putin, not that they're very, um, you know, they don't seem to have any like coherent view of the world. They don't seem to uh, have like a coherent strategy or like approach to things that is applied among them. Uh, they don't seem particularly competent, some of them. Uh, it does appear to be just like loyalty as the main feature. So, is it possible that heads will roll in the in the, in the Kremlin in the civilian government? Uh, we we've already seen generals be shuffled around and fired. Will this uh, extend to? The, I mean, I could construct this, a possible scenario where I could see this happening, where it's just you know, the popular outcry gets loud, and you have to feed somebody to the wolves. So you may as well get rid of some of the more incompetent members of your administration. Um, is that too far fetched? Think, Rolo, I want to, I want to, I want to press you on this. So give me, well, I mean, in a, let's imagine this hypothetical scenario. Who do you think would be thrown under the bus? I, I, I'm not a Kremlin tea leaves reader. I don't know who's getting along with who, who backstabbed who, who gossiped with who. I can tell you who I would like to see, who I think is incompetent. Uh, I mean, we could start with just the visible figures like <laughs> Peskov and 
uh, Zaharova. I would get rid of those people. I would get rid of. Uh, well, I, I mean, I, I don't like Lavrov either. I don't know why. Are you guys on Team Lavrov? Because this, yes. this Minsk one, you are on Team Lavrov. Okay. Well, uh, I guess we can agree on Peskov and uh, Zaharov at least. I mean, that would make a. These people are visible. They'd make a oh, good yeah. sacrificial like offering. Absolutely. I mean, Zahara is so overrated. You know, it, it, it's ridiculous. You know that 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 someone who's actually so bad at, at their job, you know, could have such a such an amazing reputation. You know, in, in the alternative. Like Simanyan, just like Miss Simanyan from RT. You know, I would actually, say. Actually, I got I got a way in here because well, first of all, I've I've laid eyes on this woman before when I was working for press TV and I was hanging loitering around the for, French uh, the foreign ministry, but. What I find really interesting about her is that while she's beloved among disaffected Westerners, a lot of Russians consider her to be a total clown and, and certainly not just liberals. Like I knew several Russians who were quite socially conservative and worked in the media who were like, this woman is like a joke. I, I hate everything about her. And it's so interesting how she has a totally different reputation among, you know, the, the 5D wizards and the, the so-called, you know, um, Russophiles in the West. Okay, uh, but yeah, uh, sorry, were you saying something, Marco, before uh, Riley jumped in? Uh, no, no, but uh, you know, if we're talking about heads rolling and so on, uh, I, I mean, heads heads have been rolling, uh, you know, s since the start. I mean, generals have been have been chopped, you know, left, right, and center, you know, and. Uh, it, you know, it hasn't been encouraging, you know, because, I mean, if you're changing your generals all the time, then probably, you know, the problem isn't the generals, you know, like, as one of them would have been good by now, you know, so the problem lies somewhere else, you know, and if you're just scapegoating people, you know, that's a problem in itself. And actually, look, there is no such thing as a general, you know, who is in Putin's inner circle, you know, like, like so, so you, you, you're actually seeing you're actually seeing the, the opposite of what you might be hoping for, and that is that the the inner circle is untouchable. But meanwhile, you know, they just like they just like firing the generals, you know, like like every month. Yeah, and I don't really think anything would change by firing that uh, horrid woman and uh, firing Piskov. I mean, it's just amusing that they're still at their positions. I mean, they're not really that important. It's just they're visible uh, and they're so incompetent and they're so uh, buffoonish and clownish that being able to uh, I, at least, yeah. you know, I mean, right now it is not, uh, you know, it is not a, a, a tiny position that says it, it, it's Putin's head that, you know, it's Putin, Putin's head that it, that should roll. You know, I, I've seen several, you know, I've seen several, you know, like fellow doomers, you know, like, you know, like comment that on, on Twitter, you know, so, you know. And but of course, you know, that is not going to happen. I, I mean, you know, like, like you can scapegoat, you know, like 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 whoever you want, you know, like whoever you dislike the most, you know, like, I don't know, maybe I can twist a story where I don't know, Prigozhin is the most responsible for this because, you know, I don't like him. But, you know, like if we're, if we're honest, you know, like, you know, the single most important important person for this, you know, responsible for this is Putin. And, you know, he, he his head is not going to roll, you know, like so. So. So, I would, Putin would be the last head I would ever touch because uh, Putin is literally Hitler. So, I mean, his, his back is to the wall, whether or not he understands that. I think he does. Uh, if there was anyone who was incentivized to actually fight 
back. It would be someone who has literally nowhere else to run, who understands the consequences of losing. You want a yeah, guy I, in a position of... I, 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 yeah, that's, that's just the thing. I, I, I don't see that he understands this. You know, I, I don't see that he understands it. I, I, you, know, I, I, you know, like he acts like someone... Low, who, low, like, low risk assessment. Low risk yeah, assessment. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, I, I don't know. Dugan came out with a post. I've been saying this for like three years that like, look, guys, the fact that he's so demonized, it's just, you know, this man is literally Hitler 2.0. They're going to destroy him. He must understand that. Therefore, he's incentivized to fight. He saw what happened to Gaddafi. It apparently shook him up. You know, he's seen what, what the U.S. has done to all of these people who have gotten in their way. He doesn't want to be next. So, it, you know, just it doesn't matter what he believes in it. He's going to do what he can to survive and for he needs the country to survive so let's get behind this but, guy uh, yeah, yeah but 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 where is that you know like like where is the you know like wh where is the industrial mobilization for example you know like like why aren't they you know like you know making 500 drones a day by now you know wh why did they have to go to iran and buy them you know like you know well, his, because, his back is because, on the wall. well because uh i think it was a valdai uh putin and he did it again before that at the saint petersburg economic forum uh putin said that we're not uh that the free market or like you know capitalism or whatever is here to stay in russia and that it's good it's helping us absorb the sort of the sanctions and everything and and we need this flexibility and he was talking to investors in the business community at both these things so i don't know i mean he's just he, he's just stated multiple times that that's not on the cards this this thing that you're talking about so i i don't know it feels like there's either he himself believes in western style free market theory um maybe they teach that at the kgb nothing would surprise me anymore uh, <laughs> but or or uh there's a powerful faction of business elites and oligarchs in russia who don't want to stop making profits on the free market or something like that and they don't want the nationalization and the war warification uh, of the economy so is that a good enough explanation for what's going on with that i mean in general though sorry sorry but in general though putin has made the right decision once it was too late to make it and it was already like too late but i mean eventually he will make that decision i mean eventually russia will have to do all these things it, the question you're just saying why don't they do that now and i'm telling you i don't know why they don't do that now but they're not doing it now it's objectively a fact but i think it's a very good chance that they will do it when it's it's late and you know more lives have been lost and more territory has been lost but they'll do it eventually that's you know that's the best you can hope for <laughs> i'm an optimist you know yeah 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 i can see that uh, but yeah sorry i interrupted you go ahead what were you saying uh, no, no, uh, no, I wasn't, well, you know, I, I could say, for example, look, Russia does have, you know, like a, a very huge, uh, you know, defense industry, you know, which is, which is, which is state owned and state financed and, you know, and it keeps getting loans from, from banks because, because, you know, the government won't, won't pay, won't pay it, you know, a fair price, you know, for its stuff. And then it has to get into loans and then those loans are written off and so on. And look, you know, like, Right now, you know, there's probably, you know, like 30% of funding is going into, you know, some fancy hypersonic missile that, that you know, that's not going to become a factor un until 15 years from now, you know. 
and you know like uh instead of like in march saying look just just you know reroute everything you know to, to what's going to be immediately useful to this war okay uh fair enough <laughs> i mean yeah i just i don't i don't know when i i honestly i from my point of view i didn't i did not try and cope about this i think that if people were just able to i think a lot of the problem is just these weird fake narratives that are i mean so the the the, the first istochnik like the first source of the stupidity is of course the russian mod and the the, the statements by zaharova and all these people and, and russian media especially simanyan so you have that this is like the source of like a lot of like these retarded claims and then you have people who are pro-russia whether in the west or within russia in the sense of like you know they're not actively anti-russia they're not whatever we may disagree with them but in generally they they're well disposed towards russia in some generic sense and so they they try and defend and run with this narrative and come up with justifications for it then when this retarded narrative falls apart uh these people go to pieces like right now there's a total meltdown channels are being deleted just like just like what happened with uh, Kharkiv. Uh, channels are being deleted. People are leaving in shame. Tails tucked between their legs, saying it's over. Uh, I think you shared with us that uh, I hate that account so much, uh, Zoka. Um, but uh, yeah, Zoka saying that's it. If if this is true, I'm no, joining Nate. Why do you, why do you hate him? He's a good guy. Uh, like I mean, uh, early on he was a little bit you know too arrogant, you know, like in relation to Strelko. But then you know he became a total Strelkovite, you know, so he's a good guy now. Oh no, no, I have no, I have no problem with his uh, like Doomer takes and and stuff like that. I just I think I if I'm not confusing him with another account, uh, when I was on the Russian Twitter and I was like arguing within the Russian right wing space, he was like one of these people that I was arguing against. But uh, it, I, I I could honestly be confusing him with somebody else. I've asked people uh, in my chat if that's the same guy and they were like, yeah, but I'm not sure, whatever. I'll take that back if that's not true. Uh, the point is that you have a total meltdown happening. It's it's everywhere. You've seen examples of it. There's examples of it on Telegram, people deleting channels, stuff like that. And it's like, I can't help but feel it's because you people have, you know, accepted the, this like, you know, you've, you've decided what you've let idiots decide for you what the terms of victory are and what the the terms of engagement are so because you've you've hyped up the Harrison thing as like this giant big deal like you know end of the world type thing now you're having this big meltdown because you believed the lies of the russian uh ministry of defense and zahar and all that that it would it would be defended it's part of russia not one step back it's it's russian territory nukes will be used to defend russian territory you know you actually fell for that that's it's that's on you you're stupid and now you're 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 having this outsized emotional reaction whereas if you were like us where you were like well you know there's a very good chance that you know just the, the out of military necessity they'll pull back uh beyond the river and then you see that happen you're like yeah i mean that makes sense uh, but and like you said it, it was already baked into the cake you know if you were if you were to get mad about things you should have gotten mad about things at the latest in the summer when it was clear that the offensive had ground to a halt and no advances were being made and no more could be made because of lack of manpower. At that point, everything was baked into the cake, right? Everything, everything from that point onward was just, well, what do you expect? You're outnumbered three to one, and your army, uh, and they've resupplied, they've they've got fresh troops, and you don't. So once you have that like accurate narrative, like a more grounded narrative of things, 
uh, they could take Lysychansk, uh, you know, uh, right after this. They've still got at least a month of, of uh, total superiority over Russian forces, right, to work with. And I wouldn't I, lose my mind. I wouldn't lose my mind over that. I'm not saying that, that would happen, but like you know, they could they could take even more, is what I'm saying. And I wouldn't lose my mind over that. I'd be like, well, you know, that's that's to be expected. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. This is a very good point, and this actually, yeah, it does remind me about something I wanted to talk and, about, and that is all the damn lying. You know, like all the damn lying. You know, like for very, you know, very clearly, this was like green green lighted a month ago. You know, like a month ago, Putin in principle agreed that you know, oh well. You know, if you really have to withdraw, then, you know, just do it, you know, but, you know, do it properly and whatever, you know, so, so because preparations had been going on for a month, you know, like, and, and you know, this, you know, Shoigo and Surovikin yesterday, you know, this was just theater, you know, like, obviously the order was not giving them, you know, so, but, you know, for one month they had been evacuating people and now, you know, we know for 100% why they were evacuating them. You know, what was their rationale? Their rationale was, you know, let's get people out of there, you know, so that we don't get a heat, you know, for, for you know, like abandoning them and so on. You know, we lessen that heat. But all the time being saying, no, it's because Ukrainians are going to blow up the dam, you know, like, like all the lies, you know, like, like, like this, this, you know, this system, you know, is pathologically incapable of, of leveling with its people, you know, like, like what would have been lost by just saying, you know, like, you know, like, we don't know, actually, we're not 100%, we can hold on to this, you know, like, it's like, they already accepted, you know, to, the, to themselves that they're gonna have to, you know, like, like, take this one on the chin, but they still they still want to kick the can down the road you know when it comes to when it comes to pr you know when it comes to to to, to leveling with the people you know they want to have that last one month of life you know like where i'll buy their planning a withdrawal in, you know they haven't yet publicly stated so and you know like what is the purpose of that and and, and yeah i i don't see it you know like similar as harko because but i i do see it you know as as a very much as a parallel of of the actual start of the war, you know, because you have two things, you had two things happening in parallel, you know, like one thing you have all these things happening on the ground that you can see with your, you know, with your own eyes. And then you have, you know, like just one official statement after another, you know, just denying this and just saying the opposite, you know, just the total opposite, you know, like every day saying, no, that's not true. You know, like, and that time they were saying, no, we're not gonna attack. And this time they were saying, no, we're not going to withdraw. But at the same time, every day you're seeing, you know, the preparations for the attack and the preparations, you know, for the withdrawal, you know, like, which at the very least means that, yeah, they are creating a situation, you know, where they can attack or where they can withdraw, which means that they are at the very least want to have that option. But meanwhile, they're saying, no, we would never do that. Like, like Russia forever, you know, her son is like eternally ours, you know, like, why are you saying this you know like like why what is the purpose of this you know like what kind of a system is this well it's actually an old talking point from uh like russian right-wing circles uh which is something called the institute of reputation or the reputational institute and the, the big thing the big criticism of russia is that there's no such thing as an institute of reputation in the sense that, like, if you're in a video game, for example, and you lie multiple times to other characters, you develop like a bad reputation. Like, you become like a rogue. Uh, relations decrease. People trust you less. They're like more willing to attack you on site. Stuff like that. So, in like a basic 
video game, this mechanic exists, but it doesn't exist within Russian society where you have people who are just, for example, on Telegram, consistently proven to be wrong. And people still listen to them when they come up with the next big uh, steaming pile of bullshit. Uh, and, and people still gobble it up. And then they find out that this was wrong. And it's as if nothing happened. They, they, they get upset. They're like, wait, was I duped? Have I been rused again? And then they go right back into believing the next big whopper of a lie. Uh, and then the same thing with politicians. Uh, they, they say one thing and then they do the, the complete opposite. There's no, no one holds them to account. No one seems to remember that a month ago they were saying something else and now they're saying something. Uh, so, and then, for example, say someone stole money from someone else, like in the movement or in some political organization or somebody did something dastardly. Uh, yeah, and, and like this sort of political context. Well, everything blows over and six months later that guy's back and his reputation is as clean and squeaky as a whistle. Everyone's forgotten about it. So, but I mean, and you do, this isn't just an indictment of Russia. This is just an indictment of the normie condition, I suppose, of just dumbed down society that doesn't have long-term memory, uh, goldfish type society, because you have that in America, obviously. And the proof of that is the fact that the Saker has like 6 million views now on his blog. The man has been wrong about everything multiple times. Every single time he ends up uh, being wrong, nothing ever happens. He never... Uh, suffers from an into a loss of institutional respect or or uh yeah uh, he, people just eat it up and they return with a smile asking for for seconds and that's kind of like the big problem is that yeah now everyone everyone's incensed the emotions are burning people are saying how could this be you just told us this but they'll forget about it in a week they'll forget about it in two weeks you know the, the really smart ones they'll forget about it in a month and very few people, and that's actually one of the things. Well, you well, need. well, 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 because he provides he provides what they're thirsting for, you know. So, so they have to go back to him, you know. Yeah, yeah. But, but, yeah. but, but, but look, this theory, you know, like institutional reputation, what it, what is called, I'm, I'm, you know, I haven't heard this before, but, but it's interesting, and you know, like just sort of, you know, trying to speculate a little bit on the fly. Maybe in Russia, it, it might be actually a little bit like reverse. Like maybe people get away with lying because n nobody has a reputation to start with. You know, like it's such a cynical society that nobody has a reputation to protect, you know? I think, honestly, this is one of the few times that I would ever like say that it's, it's, it's a lack of like actual institutions. Uh, you know, in America, uh, you, you will have some dude go on YouTube and he will like compile clips of like Joe Brandon saying something and then totally reversing his position a month later. And, you know, he'll add some music to it, or at least used to be before the mass censorship. Maybe it still exists. And so you do have this sort of thing. And in theory, you would have intellectuals who would call it out. You'd have institutes, uh, you know, journalists, whatever. I, I, I hate all this stuff. I think it's all none of it works. I think it's, it's all uh, fake and it's all uh, contrived. But in theory, you, you would have basically these these guidelines. You'd have smart people who'd be like, hey, you know, this guy who's trying to sell you some snake oil right now, here's what he was saying a year ago. Do you remember that? No, you weren't paying attention back then. But I remember. Here's what, he's, here's what this guy did to make his money. Here's who he's connected to. You know, here's, uh, did you know that he's actually, uh, you know, that he's actually murdered somebody? Did you know? You know because people don't know that. People don't know about, you know, Barbara Bush uh, accidentally murdering someone. They don't know about, uh, you know, the 52 people 
who had close connections to the Clintons who all ended up dead, most of them suicides and strange situations. They just don't know. And in theory, you need to there need to be people who bring this to, to, to people's uh, attention. And in Russia, you have a lot less of that, I suppose. So I don't know. Maybe that's got something to do with it. Maybe it's also maybe maybe it, maybe it could be like Americans have naivets, you know, there that you know that that can be destroyed, you know, like like they assume you know politicians are you know sometimes they assume that politicians are a little at least a little bit decent, and you know then that bubble can be popped. But right. you know, like maybe in in Russia there is no such assumption to start with, you know, so it's like. Uh, they don't expect anything but the worst to start with. But but anyway, maybe we're going on a little of a tangent, no matter yeah, how yeah, yeah. it is. So maybe back to yeah. the phone. Yeah. So, well, I, what, I guess the main uh, point I was trying to drive to with her son is that can we not treat this as a lesson? Can, I mean, uh, so Kharkiv was a bit of a shock to people and, and then Liman was, was, they didn't know what to make of it. But look, can we not use this as a lesson? Can we not like make a list? What was someone saying before this happened? Can we not hold people's like, okay, you know, you've come up with this next point uh, a month from now, but you were wrong yeah, on yeah. this point, you know? Yeah, Can we not do that? Yeah, yeah I mean, the, the thing is, you know, like we, we, we complain, you know, like, like what these people are saying, but, you know, do we take the effort to read them, you know, and like, you know, like counterpose what they said a month ago from what they're saying now? No, we don't actually do that, do we? You know, so maybe, you know, like, do we have the right compl to complain? No, because the thing is, is that doing that makes you come off as like bitter. Uh, so it's a human psychology thing. You're not, I won't, I won't do that because it's uncool. Uh, I will rub it in after I've, I've been proven right. But uh, until then, but it, it doesn't matter. I mean, I think whatever the people that read my blog and that listen to this, uh, there's obviously just from the, the, the level of like vocab that's used, just the fact that it's not something in people's like relevant, immediate interests. Uh, you're going to have people with like sight with with higher IQ who are a little bit more open-minded, I guess, who are who who view the world in a different way. It's just the fact that it's like a dissident thing. The fact that it, you have to read to get the information. Most people don't read. Most people most people are, are functionally illiterate. Let's be real here. So we're we're not talking about goldfish when we're talking about people that read your blog, the people that read Riley's blog, the people that read my blog and listen to our stuff. We're not talking about goldfish, but. Uh, in general, in general, you can get away with so much uh, lying to the public because the public has no memory. And so, when we're, to, to bring it all full circle about Russia, uh, this like take the COVID stuff, right? This is to, to bring Riley in. Uh, I wonder how many people are going to remember all the, the crazy things that someone like, say, Sebyanyan was trying to impose on the Russian people. I wonder how many people are going to remember some of the crazy stuff that Herr Greff was saying. Uh, are people going to remember that Putin promised that there would not be any mandatory uh, compulsory vaccinations and then they tried to impose it? I, does, does any no one has any memory of any of this stuff at all? Do you think do you think there will be ever a truth and reconciliation moment uh, in in uh, in Russia over that thing, Riley? I mean, or, or do you think that this that that the authorities will just try to, like, pretend it didn't happen and, you know, just move on to the next big hoax scam? What do you think? I don't. I mean, I don't see any any kind of, uh, you know, what do you even call it? Self self reflection at the government level or accountability. I think that it we Russia probably was starting to head in that direction, especially in early February. I mean, there was palpable anger at the you know the cattle tags and the compulsory vax policies. 
And it, I, this was daily headlines type stuff. And, you know, that when the conflict kicked off in Ukraine, it really did people sort of, it was, it was sort of, you know, bear the old news, right? It just, uh, you know, that, that was yesterday. And now we have this existential conflict for survival against the collective West. And what's sort of unfortunate about it is, uh, you know, a lot, a lot of the, a lot of the shenanigans that Herr Greff and the Russian health ministry were pulling a year ago. I mean, still in, in, in various ways are still going on today, just in a much more subtle uh, way that isn't grabbing headlines. I mean, Russia, Russia is, is openly announced the Gamalaya Center was developed, but McVeigh announced that it was developing a mRNA shot and that it was interested in gene therapies. This was this, this, they announced that at the end of September, if I remember correctly, recently. Mm, didn't almost got no coverage really. I mean, in in Russian and then of course in English, no nobody talked about it. And it's stuff like this, you know. And and what scares me is I think uh, we are seeing. Uh, of normalization of the most troubling aspects of the COVID, the virus scam, where, you know, there's probably not going to be another lockdown in Russia, but I would say that's probably true in most countries. I think what's going to happen is uh, COVID is going to become another sort of HIV AIDS sort of thing where it's always hovering over your head. There's going to be, you know, they're going to urge you to take precautions and get your vax every six months, et cetera, et cetera. And it's become a, a cash cow for the global pharmaceutical industry. And, you know, the, many, many other aspects, many other li space lizard-esque aspects uh, or, or policies continue to march forward sort of under the table as all of this has been going on because the, the, the war really has taken a front seat. Yikes. Uh, uh, on that, yeah, go ahead. Uh, you, you know, you know, Rollo, you say, you know, I don't want to overreact to this, but, you know, but there are two things. And one is, you know, what does this say about the future? And also, you know, like, okay, you were expecting it, but that doesn't mean it's any less of a hum humiliation. So, you know, what, what is it, what does this say about the future? You know, if anyone was wondering what's going to happen in the spring, you know, like what are Russia's intentions, you know, like plans and so on, ambitions, you know, th this is quite revelatory. You know, if you were hoping, you know, for some kind of a grand Russian offensive, uh, this this is very strong evidence that that Moscow isn't planning any any such thing. You know that it, you know now it has retrenched and you know it's even now sending out feelers. You know to for negotiations. You know which would imply that it, it is it, it seems to be contented to to you know it might be actually contented to just keep the status quo. You know so 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 there's that. You know like and is that is possible though? Is that like does that make any sense that they would allow Ukraine well, to continue arming and like getting more and more volunteers sent and getting more weapons and but, just but, but they, they have been allowed they have been allowing they, that's exactly right you know they have been allowing you know uh, the Ukrainian and the American side you know to 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 just be mobilizing you know fa fa faster than Russia is and then when Russia mo mobilized you know right now they they just they only did it enough, you know, that that would be and enough, you know, to preserve the status quo, and, and and that's it, you know, and 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 it's very strange because look, 
why did they have to retreat from Kherson? Well, the area didn't have, you know, strategic depth. You know, you couldn't even really set up, you know, large supply depots there because it's all in Heimars range. And then, you know, you have, so that means you have to bring in stuff daily, you know, across bridges that are also in Heimars range. And the thing is, Heimars, you know, comes, come, comes into the picture, you know, in the summer, you know, like, so yeah, they had a lot of time, you know, to, to expand that area, you know, to, to make it Heimars proof. And they, they just didn't, I mean, this is so ridiculous. I mean, this is so humiliating. Like, look, you know, like, oh, you know, like militarily makes sense. So maybe not a big deal. It is a big deal. You know, like this is a city that, that you have just annexed that was founded by Catherine the Great, you know, all that stuff, you know, and, you know, like, Apparently, it means a lot to you because you even evacuated the statues, even the bones of Grigory Potemkin. Apparently, you know, it, this is a significant place to you. And you lost it because you allowed the Americans to, you know, to, you know, to escalate with high Mars and, and you didn't, you know, and, and you didn't preempt this in time. I mean, this, this is so ridiculous. You know, it's not like could the Americans, have, you, you know, it's not like that. Um, it's not like sorry, the sorry. Americans did, did did some you know like major big thing you know it's not like they sent in you know 50 divisions and and you know recapture Harrison and you know you couldn't you couldn't hold on to it no they sent a little bit of high mars and that makes you lose you know like a strategic bridgehead bridgehead you know and and, and a historic russian city like this is embarrassing this is like totally embarrassing like and you're allowing this, you know, like, and reacting so slowly, you know, like, like it, it, it's, it's just ridiculous. Could they have held just the city, like a siege type Mariupol thing? Because that's what some people are calling for. Well, I don't say that these are smart people, but Telegram people were saying, why not just turn this into like a reverse Mariupol or like a Stalingrad type thing? Just hold the damn city, fortify it, you know, you can, they can't surround it resupply it well, is this real well that's a worse situation that's a lot worse situation than you know not having a perimeter around it yeah because you leave these people behind and then you have to rescue them and now you're on a clock to do that whereas now you you, you i mean yeah, yeah in that case, it's just absolutely no way to to resupply them to, to to get them out and also and also you you put you put them in in artillery range you know so you know you know at least her son was not in 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 gun range you know it was only in rocket range, so that was something. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's just uh, I feel it's it's strange how people come to such bizarre, wildly differing, diverging conclusions. Uh, in theory, working with the same information in many cases. But but but, but look, they are thinking. You know, they are thinking perhaps in a good direction. It's like you know, like they're coming from a face place of like, why didn't you har fight hard for it anyway? You know, like why didn't you? You know. Uh, uh, accept you you know accept the challenge accept the disadvantage you know and, and fight for it anyway you know and, and just you know like and and show some willpower show some resolve show some you know determination well uh, anyway let's i think the greater point that you made which is not going to be appreciated until mobilization has occurred and you know thing the, the greater point that you made is that uh, we are not going to be seeing grand offensives. And I think the point, it's easy to, to, to understand why you're saying that. You're saying 300,000 is not enough unless there's several more mobilizations. We're not going to be able to see a Russia that's you know, going to be able to take on the, the Ukrainian army uh, and do these big maneuvers and stuff. So Russia is just entrenching and trying to hold the gains that they have, right? Uh, do, do, you, 
do you think uh, are we the only ones who who are saying that now at this point, or I mean, are they still? What, what do you guys do? You have any predictions about the cope? Like what 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 kind of what levels of cope are we going to hear from people? And I'm not gloating about this. I mean, it's it is what it is. Is what I'm saying. We have to just seek out the truth and just tell it. But uh, yeah, I mean that that is the conclusion that I think we're, we've all come at that they're just going to try and hold what they can while they try and negotiate with the West which probably won't work unless they come up with some obscene concessions. Um, that seems to be the situation, am I right? And do you think uh, the, 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 the blogosphere will accept this or are people just not gonna, you know, what do you guys think? It's kind of a broad question. Uh, well, I, I I don't know because you know, like since since the hard hardcore debacle, I have gained so many doomer buddies on Twitter you know that that's uh, you know that I don't even know you know what 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 the code brigade is saying if it even exists anymore you know like you know I I I, I know what fellow doomers so called are, are saying you know and it's it's not optimistic at all you know it, it, it's gloomy as as never before uh, you know except now they feel you know even more confident and even more justified in 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 in, in everything they had been saying yeah i again uh, i do think that uh there's just going to be more cope. There's, these these guys have only one uh, strategy, and it's, it's to come up with this 5D chess narrative in which everything is okay. Then something goes wrong. Um, they regroup. They come up with a new narrative. The goldfish or, don't know. Or, or, or maybe it's going to be, you know, the Atlantis's fifth column is re responsible for everything. You know, like may, maybe Elvira from the central bank is, is sabotaging, you know, the the valiant uh, putin and Ado and kadiro you know and whoever yeah isn't she though maybe not kadiro and putin but like the russian economy i know riley no, writes she, about no, she's the person who was sabotaged i mean they they were going to start a war and they didn't tell her you know like and you know then and because they you know and why, yeah, why, a, yeah why why don't yeah why don't they why do they keep doing that i mean even like on the eve of the retreat there were all these people, like officials and stuff, uh, I was telling Riley about it, uh, who were like, what are you talking about? We're not going to retreat. Everything's fine. This is Ukrainian, uh, British. This is British dis disinformation. And it's like, did they just not tell a bunch of like local officials about what's going to happen? Have these people been abandoned? Uh, Riley, you know what I'm talking about. Like, what what, what are your thoughts on that? You, you, I think Riley had a, a funnier take on why they weren't told <laughs> well i mean i don't who, who knows who knows i mean i i think i remember when we were talking about this i just said it because they're retarded but i mean it might be it might be a, a number of reasons <laughs> but but it's just who the, the the messaging i mean the messaging for this conflict from the very first day has been totally schizo I mean, you had a situation where within the first week of this conflict, people forget it, but literally by uh, early March, Peskov was already coming out and claiming that, you know, that they wanted to sit down, they were ready for negotiations, and there was, you know, there. I mean, there was all these things about how, you know, even this whole denazification thing was basically, in some circles, considered irrelevant, you know, within the first week. And yet that was the thing that carried, that was the main talking point allegedly for, for, for launching this thing. And now we have the desatanization <laughs> and, and now it's like, and now it's about protecting Donbass, but 
of course, Donbass has never been more heavily shelled, probably since the very beginning of this conflict, more you know, eight years ago. It's well, Riley, why do they involved. do that? Why do they I do that? Why, why, why are they like not able to like level with people? I don't know. I don't know. It it really doesn't seem. I don't know what the actual like. What's the benefit here? What's the upside of being so? Yeah, obtuse? of like lying and uh, being obtuse, right. and then like I get, I get if you're a liar and you can get away with it. But why do they con? Why do they consistently just lie and? It's obvious that they're lying. I don't know, man. I wish I knew. Because, I mean, we were even talking about this. It was, I think it was a maybe two weeks or less before mobilization was announced. And Peskov comes out and says that even the idea of mobilization is totally off the table. Right? In fact, I think it was September. I want to say September 13th, Peskov said that. And then, right, like 10 days later or whatever, they announced mobilization. And this, this you can trace this. This wonderful trend. I mean, it's been going on for years, and it was the it was the hallmark of Russia's COVID, uh, you know, shenanigans too. That they'll say they won't do something, and then they do it, and and then or something bad happens, and they deny it, and it just they just keep doing it. They just can't stop. It's a it, they crave it, you know, just being. I don't. I don't. What? How do you even describe this bizarre? form of governance i don't know <laughs> uh didn't didn't lavrov also say uh that uh, a war in ukraine would be like barbaric or something or he said he said that even even suggesting it he said this on february 15th even suggesting that russia would attack ukraine is informational terrorism <laughs> yeah but but this is the thing i think that lavrov didn't know i i would i would bet money right okay okay now we're getting somewhere because what if yeah. like yeah it's again there's several explanations these people are retarded very possible yeah which is uh, which is probably like 60 percent true so <laughs> right i mean they, it could be several things at once uh or they don't know or they're like not on the they're not on the yeah. inside track yeah. which begs the question who is in the inside track like who actually runs this thing i mean we know shaygu has some say we know putin definitely has some say you know, even Medvedev says stuff that like indicates that he's not on the inside track. You know, like he he was like posting some stuff about how her son was like just like just this like triumphalist stuff, and then boom, her son is surrendered. Which you wouldn't be posting that sort of thing if you were about to soften the blow for something. So who so whoever is running the thing, it seems to be a very close knit inside circle. Um. And it's not maybe the visible faces that we know, and the visible faces that we know are are, are kept out of the loop, and, and somehow and, and, and it maybe differs from event to event and from project to project. Yeah. So it's um, as for why do they not level with the Russian people? Um, I, I, I mean, it's pointless to talk about that. You know, if they're gonna start a war and not tell their central banker so she can, you know, get 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 money out of foreign accounts first, then you know it's just pointless to even talk why they don't level. You know, to, to with their people. You know, like why don't they, why they don't level? You know, with the rest of the government. You know, like like that. Maybe start asking that question. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't. It's it it, it seems to indicate an extreme lack, at least of of like confidence. And other members of the government and the and the population and the people, or like a, an extreme level of, of fear or perhaps suspicion 
of others or, or maybe you don't want to create the expectation you know of, of other people that they are owed you know explanations and, and warnings and, and stuff like that mm -hmm. or maybe you just enjoy surprising people so much i don't know maybe that because oh, maybe, maybe they just get a kick yeah. out of it you know <laughs> i feel like i would do something like that <laughs> you know just shock and awe I'm, I'm, I'm like my own friends and like my own people are just surprised <laughs> why i'm sorry i can't help it <laughs> uh all right guys i don't know it's um I, i'm actually pretty positive i i already explained why i don't want to end it on a black pill don't want to end it on a doomer note uh but i still see it as like a as, as overall as like encouraging that they weren't forced into a bad situation maybe maybe i don't know but the whole siege thing we can return to that uh, now let's just monitor and see what all the big wigs are saying. Let's see how they cope with this. Let's see what the new narrative is that forms. Let's just do what we do best and let's just keep on telling the truth and keep our chins up and uh, live to fight another day. And, and also the evacuation isn't over yet, you know, so, you know, maybe the Ukrainians are going to try to pressure them, try to cut somebody off, you know, so, so, so keep an eye on that also, you know, if it all, if it even all, all goes well, well, or, you know, maybe if it does, then, you know, Roll can say, hey, you know, another bright spot, they, they carried out the retreat perfectly. Well, dude, if they, if they messed up the retreat, then I don't even know what to say at this point. Do you have a month to prepare? Did, did they not tell the people that they have to retreat? Like, is that the level of like, not sharing information like you announce a retreat but you don't tell your own army you're like well, we couldn't trust you to like know the information that you had to retreat like <laughs> you know, what, like, what level what are we even talking about at this point well i mean we'll see it'd be funny if that happened it wouldn't be funny it would, that would be just straight up tragic and i feel really bad for the lives of the soldiers caught in that and the civilians as well but on some level it's like very very dark humor anyway on that note thank you guys right, for joining me Good talk. Talk again soon. Be well. Bye.